Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shear. Um, if you're watching a video, it might be a little darkish, the video. It's a little darkish in the house. Um, Edison has a problem with the street. We need to fix things on the wiring, and then, unfortunately, couldn't dig yesterday because of the heat advisory, so we don't have proper electricity in the house. So the light keeps flickering, so if I have the light on, it might be light for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden flicker in the middle and back and forth, so I'd rather just keep it off. The shear, of course, is the Nishmas, Luzlin, Bas, Okachana, as you listen. Shimon, Ben Yitzchak, Mash Bas Yitzchak. It's Friday, Arab Shabbos is Tubav, 15th day of uh, month of Av. Unlike last week, we talked about Tish above and took half the Shira up for it and discussed how the, the, the dinim and the, all the laws and all the things that are involved and the reasons and etc. Tubav. It's a much happier date. First of all, we don't say Tachnun, although we didn't say Tishabav either. But we, don't, we won't say Tachnun from Thursday afternoon already. Chamish Shabbat Mishnah says, we've still spoken many times about this Mishnah, there was no Yom Tiv to the Eden like the 15th day of Av. And Yom Kippurim. Let's compare it to Yom Kippur. We spoke to the comparison between the two. So if you want to listen to the archives of the Shiurim of many, many years, we're discussing Chamisha Sabaav. Uh, we all know, of course, Chamisha Sabaav was the day that they used to go out. The maidens, the girls that were not married, would go out to the fields and put on white dresses, adorn themselves with flowers, etc., and they would tell the Bachar, 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 Sayinacha, look up, see what what life is all about. And they need to marry. And therefore, unfortunately, someone even compared it to the Gaisha holiday. I'm not even going to say it, because it's Mamesha Vidazara. But the fact is that this is a day of in, in Israel, I believe it's called Yom Ahava, <laughs> which is absolutely no hands or feet and no connection to the actual day. And what they are doing, though, is because it's on a Friday, especially, everybody in the world, around the world, is making challah bakes. And when they bake challah for Shabbos, they have in mind names as they take challah from the challah from the dough, they separate a piece of dough from the actual dough itself, and then they cut off that piece. They call it challah, which is for the koyhein. And when they take that off, they make a bracha, lahafresh challah. They say hareze challah, and they daven. 
They daven for certain things. They daven for people that need children. They daven for people that need shidduchim. They daven for different all of mitzvahs. So this year, because it's on the fifteenth of Av, for weeks and weeks and weeks, people are campaigning to make to daven to make challah together and to daven for shidduchim. There's lists and lists and lists of shidduchim that are needed. It's a dire situation. There's, I don't know if it's an organization, I don't know who it was and who it is that it said that did it. They're giving $500 if you offer a shidduch until Tubav. If you find a shidduch, you find a match between two people. And it's, 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 the situation is beyond, 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 beyond. Talking about thousands and thousands of singles, and a lot of it is attributed simply to one mainstay Aveda, which is Lashon Hara, that everybody has and killed him with anger and with wrath. But the Af also means a nose. The Yargim Ba'af, it killed it with a nose. He meant, he said, Oh, what do you say about the Shidduch? Just moved his nose a little bit, and that was the end of the shidduch. He killed it. Rabbi say we need to stop lashon hara. We need to stop talking about other people. We need to stop talking about anything that we can think of that comes to our mind because we have nothing else to do and say with ourselves. And we need to devote ourselves to pure avas chinam, which is the theme of well as as from Tishabav. Which the base of is destroyed because of sinas chinam, and we need to revert it. We need to turn that around with avas chinam, with love, unwarranted love, unconditional love for one another. And the mainstay focus that people don't have, unfortunately, is who the child is. Who's this boy? Who's this girl that needs to get married? And they say, oh well, the parents, the mother, the grandfather, the grandmother, and because of that, people are refusing to do shidduchim. The children might fit. The children might be very, very compatible. But I don't want to mix with that family. I don't want to... There's a famous story of a person that had a very bad reputation, and and a Rebbe took him for a... for a They made a shidduch together. And he said, Vuhurachum came together with the the compassionate one came together with the forgiving of the sin and thereby showing people that this is indeed not a, a, an error or that the person simply repented and therefore does not have to be held culpable and definitely the children do not have to be held culpable in that in lieu of the sin of the, the parents, the mother, the father and therefore above one of the Yom Tevim is the simple fact that of the Shadduchim that came together, that were made. Another big part is the another part of Avas Yisrael, which was the wood that was set for the Marechas, the wood that was used in the Mizbeach to burn the sacrifices. The cutting of the wood stops on Tubav, on Chemishas above, because that's when Chol that's when the wood, the, sun, the sun's take if the strength of the sun is no longer at full strength and therefore the 
wood is not as dry as it should be, and therefore the the wood is not as dry as it should be, and therefore the um, it could be infested with worms, etc. So they stopped cutting the wood already from that time on, and it was all stored and put away. And there were different families that had their schools to cut, when they cut, etc., etc. Again, a very, very strong expression of Ahavas Yisrael between Benadam and Also, Chamishasubav is the 15th of the day of Av when the moon is at full strength and full view. And we see a full moon. Keeping the moon as a fullness. Yidna compared to the moon. One way, the simplest way, which sounds a little bit of actually a a, a rough way of putting it, is that the moon appears at full strength in the fifteenth of the month. As the month the month winds down, it dwindles. And when at the end of the month, the beginning of the next month, there's only barely visible a moon, if any. And then the sliver comes back and it begins to grow again until the 15th of the month as well, again, once again, and again fulfilling into its takeif. Cloud Yisrael, unfortunately, until Mashiach is going to come, we're going through the same valley and slopes and mountains. Of times of Shlema Melech, with Klal Yisrael was in the highest of high. And unfortunately, the way we are today in the Golos and the anti-Semitism and everything, the oppression that we are being pushed down upon, <coughs> unfortunately, as we saw 80 years ago, not only our enemies, not only Yimach Shemam Nazis were beating Jews, but there were Jews, Kapos that were beating Jews as well. And we see this unfortunately today as well, where people are not focusing on who my brother is, who my sister is, or rather we're just focusing on what I gain from this, what my benefit gained from this. Story is told of a Paritz who owned an inn. And the Paritz was very, very connected. He knew, he knew the Jews, he knew the holidays, he knew the Yom Tevim, he knew Shabbos, he knew everything that went on. And there was one of the Yidin that rented an inn by him, Moshke. And Moshke leased an inn. And uh, one year, Moshke came to pay and he didn't have the money because it was a very tough, severe winter, there weren't enough passerbys. He just couldn't earn the money to cover his rent. His rent. And he told the pilots, give me another year, next year they're just going to help, I'll pay you two years at once. And the pilots said, of his benevolence, said, okay, I'll do so. But it came the second year, and Moshka saw that since Darkengeld, he was just a severe, if not worse, winter, and he's in trouble. He's in big trouble, because he can't go to the pilots without money. And at this point in time, it's very likely the pirates will just take him, beat him and his family and throw them into prison to rot, to die so on what basis was he going to sacrifice his family 
So, he said he has no other choice. Packed up whatever they could and they left town. They'll wander, they'll find something else one day. Unfortunately, on his way out, on the road down to town, the pirates meets him and says, Moshke, Kogula. Where you going, Moshke? Moshke says, It's a Yomtev, and I have to go to town to, to celebrate the Yomtev. He says, You have a Yomtev? I'm quite well versed with Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, all the Yomtev, Hashanah, Yom Kippur. There's no, nothing on the calendar now. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the Yom Tov? Yes, he said it's called Chag Pleita Seinu. So there's Manchin, there's Manchin Pleita Seinu, Chag Pleita Seinu, and there's Chag Pesach and there's Chag Sukkot and Chag Shavuot. Now the guy didn't know the difference. It sounded like something Pleita Seinu, Pleita Seinu. So he said, "Okay, go enjoy." And he says, don't worry, after the Yom Tov, hopefully I'll be able to pay you all the debt and we'll go good. He says, go. The next day, the pilot comes into town and sees Eden working. And he says, hey, 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 what's going on over here? He walks over to one of the Eden and says, what's wrong with you, Rabbi? He says, what's haste? He says, the Yom Tov today. What are you working? He says, Yom Tov? What Yom Tov today? This is my Moshka. I met yesterday my Moshka and he told me today's a Yom Tov. He was a Pikeach and he realized that Moshka told him the Yom Tov must be a problem. Yes, and do you remember perhaps what Yom Tov he told you it is? He says, I sure did. He told me it's man pleita senu. Chag pleita senu. Ah, he says to him, parrots, parrots, parrots. Chag Pleitaseinu is very unique. Not every day is Chag Pleitaseinu, but not every Yid has Chag Pleitaseinu the same day. So when one needs to celebrate Chag Pleitaseinu, they know it, and they go and they celebrate it. And so your Mashka of Chas Shalom was not lying to you. Today is his Chag Pleitaseinu. And therefore, he had to go. The holiday of running away, of our escape, which is how Meshul labeled, labeled, unfortunately, his escape from the Paritz's hands. We're always in the hands of the Paritz. We're always in the hand of the Yitzhahara. And the Yitzhar, unfortunately, doesn't just have his hand on our wrist, doesn't just have his hand in our pocket. The Yitzhar has his hand around our neck. The Yitzhar throttles us sometimes. The Yitzhar is constantly badgering us, constantly telling us how and what to do that would be wrong in every which way, form, or fashion. We need to utilize you need to utilize our Chag Pleitaseinu. 
we need to find, when we find ourselves in the stronghold, we find ourselves in a little bit of a, a dip, a depression, a, a painful moment where we just can't find peace, where we're just not happy with ourselves, with our surroundings. We're not happy with the people that we're talking to, the people that we're existing with, coexisting with. We're just not able to grasp and focus life because the Yitzhahara has got its hand around our neck and every other part of us. That point, we need to declare a Chag Plitseinu. We need to run for the hills. We need to run for the hills in a way that we've never run before. And we need to see to it that we leave everything in the lurch, we leave everything behind us. We don't allow it to take us by the existence or by the by the fashion of the Sahara who can literally beat us up, throw us in a dungeon to die, Khazashan. We need to shake this off. We need to push this away. We need to shed the grip of the Yitzhara and take ourselves to a level, achieve a level with which we can simply tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm forging ahead, I'm moving ahead, and I'm going to continue and persevere in my mitzvahs, my teda. I'm not letting the Yitzhara tell me, I did this, I did that, I owe this, I owe that much, I owe this much. And therefore, I, des- I deserve to be put in a dungeon. I deserve to be beaten in the Sun. No. No. Yetzahara, take a walk. I'm doing tshuva. I'm going to be doing tshuva the rest of my life. And I'm going to continue doing tshuva. With the intention of improving myself, improving my Ben Odom Lachavele, improving everything that I need to improve. So that, in that, I can run for the hills with my Chag Pliteseno and celebrate the Yom Tif of running away from my Yitzhahara, not letting him get into my system, not letting him get into my gut, not letting him talk me out of what I'm supposed to be doing and feeling, but rather to be able to feel, to be able to live, to be able to thrive, to be able to continue with our Vedas Hashem and everything that's given to us. This week's Pasha, we hear again one of the Pashas of Kriyashma, which we are told, Vishinantam Levanecha, teach to your children. Rashi says, Levanecha Elu Atamidim, these are the students. Matzina Bechamakim, we found every place, Atamidim Kriyim Banim, the students are called children, Shnev, it says, Banim Atam Levaya Lekechem. Your children to God, your God. Vehemet also says, B'nai Anavim, by the children of the Anavim. And also, they learned Teda, they taught the whole, all the Eden. Teda, Kram Bonim, says, B'ni Ata. So Rashi brings three proofs to show us, B'shinantam Levanecha refers to not only teach your children, but teach your students. 
We have a twofold question in Rashi. First of all, let's say that we could say the word Banecha goes on to students. Because we find Talmidim are Korean Banam. It's still a question. Why does he write the Pasuk Vishin? Why doesn't the Pasuk say it to begin with Vishin Nantom Litalmidicha? Teach your students. Why does he say teach your children and have to derive from there that it means your students? Secondly, to prove that it's Bonecha, one proof would suffice. Why is Rashi saying Bonecha means Talmidicha with three explanations? But the truth is, we can answer both these questions the same, with one answer. Kill two birds with one stone. The intention of Rashi here, not to say perhaps we can explain Banecha also your students, but rather the intention is to say the name Talmidim, wherever it says it in the Tera, it's not Talmidim, but their children. And therefore he brings the three psukim from Teira, Nevi'im, Eksuvim, Bonam, Atem, from Chumash Devarim, Bnei Elevi'im from Malachim, and Bnei Atta from Divrayam, showing us that the name of Talmidim, everywhere that they refer to, refer to as children. And this is the intention of Rashi. It says the Vanecha, doesn't say the Talmidicha, doesn't say your students, it says to your children. Why? Because in Teda, the name Talmidim is children, and not Talmidim. One place it's called in the name of a Talmud, but it doesn't mean it. According to the Pasuk, still in all, we don't ask on the Yisait of the Pasuk of this Pasuk, on which it says the Vanecha, which we're used to saying, these are the Talmidim. Chene, we have to look into again the Vanecha, meaning Talmidim, and the Talmidim are called Bonim. Rashi adds to it, Harav Kori Av. The Rebbe is taught, the teacher is considered called a father. What does that have to do with understanding the Pasuk? Simply explaining it, simply saying, the explanation of the word Vishinantam, according to Rashi, is to engrave it. To see to it that it becomes one and one with you and one on your lips. So the teacher has not only an obligation to teach the students a subject matter, but rather teach them how to internalize and to make it one with their lives, to one with their existence, and always on their t- on their lips. This takes great effort. But we may, then we remain with a question. When it comes to your children, I understand that very well. 
a father needs to see to it that he does all he has in his capacity and capability for his children. No matter how hard it is. He has to simply throw himself in totally into it. But here it's talking about students, not in children. Why is the chayiv of the Rav to feel this dire obligation and this full-fledged again uh, connection with him, with the students and therefore Rashi answers because he's called Av since the father the teacher is called an Av therefore we know that the Av has to educate the child in the same way also the father here to his students Therefore, we have to con- we have to treat them as a father, and a father and the teacher has to treat the children like a father to children, and give himself totally over, and teach his students with total devotion, dedication, and self-sacrifice, so that everything goes the way it should. Was once walking in the forest and was captured by a band of robbers. And I've told this story before. So I don't need emails reminding me on Toshin Membez or Numbez, whatever it is, you told the story. I feel the story is negative right now and therefore I'm retelling the story. He was captured by a band of thieves and they wanted to rob him and kill him like they do to everybody else. However, the head of the thieves says, wait a minute. I know you well. As a bachar, I used to eat in your house. You treated me very nicely. And I'm going to pay you back now. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to spare you. But I want you to live here with us for a while. And I want you to teach my son, Teda. I mean, he's growing up here in the forest with a bunch of thieves. Vaslenta, he doesn't learn anything. He does not alip, he does not learn anything. I want you to sit and teach my son here. Meshleib had no choice. And he was sitting there with the child all day. Unfortunately, the child had a pushed up the cup. Very dense head and was not absorbing a thing he said came at night the father of the thief returned home from his <coughs> work day air quotes and he would test the son and the son baby. he didn't know what to answer he didn't understand anything Father is a chafarat, a ganif of Dratzchen, a thief, a murderer. So he used to give the kid makas ratzach. He used to beat the child. Every night, history repeated itself. When the child came home, father tested, the child knew nothing, and he got beaten. Poor Meshalev was subjected to watching this, and he said, Tamidim are like your children. 
So I'm sure he was quite connected to this child already by now. And I have to uh, watch this. But it's very painful. But, as we say, so was his lot. This was his lot to watch it. And the thief saw he's not getting anywhere. He thought maybe the child upstairs and he saw the child's head is thick like a wall. So he said to Meshalev, you know, you did yours, you tried. There's no one to talk to, lights are on, nobody's home. Go home. Go home to your family. He told his son, take your teacher, take your Rebbe out of the forest, guide him out. Mishrei was walking with the boy and finally came to the end of the forest and says, I need to find out, I need to know something from you. How were you able to stay silent when your father beat you? Every night you didn't know this lesson and your father beat you and you sat quietly. How? The boy said, <coughs> very simply, we're a band of thieves. One of the traits we're taught is not to buckle under torture. Very often time, a thief gets caught and they beat him and they hit him to try to get him out to tell him where the hideout is of the thieves. So we have this oath of honor, stays thieves honor, and with this we don't divulge the secrets to where everybody is. So that's how, that's why he's trained so well. He doesn't repeat. Said Meishalei Psasav said to him. Pray tell, please, what's the secret though? So he said, it's three things. It's three things. First thing I think is this pain is not going to last forever. You want to smack, two smack, three smack, whatever it is, the pain that you're getting now. In two, three, four hours from now, I won't feel it anymore. Secondly, we're trained to think whenever someone hits us, it's as if our father hit us. We think as our father hit us, and therefore, father is father, he's hitting, but he has a chmanus. So it's not going to be, it won't be so deadly and so lethal. And the third thing we think is every time we get a zetz, we say, oh, that was the last one. That was the last one. I we get another one. Oh, that was the last one. So those three things in mind, that's how we survive. And Meshalev said to himself, this is the most profound lesson I can have. Yidin, we're an 
we're pounded to the ground, humiliated. We are treated as nothings. We are given no credibility. We are given no self, we're not allowed our self-esteem even. Some of us are suffering the most unsufferable pains. All the different symptoms and all the different letters that comes with it. We need to know, firstly, this does not last forever. I was diagnosed with this disease and this goes on while I... No, 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 no. First things first, the person has to think and remember and think ahead for their own life, their own lifestyle. This is not forever. This is not the real thing. Secondly, when we're going through something, a moment, a hardship, whatever it is, we should bear in mind this is coming from our Father. And coming from our Father, He won't hit. He won't hit so hard. It won't be so painful. Because after all, it's our Father in Heaven. And the third thing, every Zet is the last one. I'm going through a hardship now, I'm going through a lot now. And this is it. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel which tells us and shows us, ot ot, we're getting out. And these are the three things that Mashalev Sassav said we need to apply to our daily life, to our way of life, so that we can persevere, we can forge ahead. And once again, we can celebrate our Chag Pleitesenu, where we run for our lives from the Yitzhahara, and we don't allow Him to overcome us, and to take us, and to destroy us, and to give us, put us in bad places, get into our mind, etc. Pashas Vaschanan is, as the rest of Chumash Devarim, a repetition of the Tera. Chumash Devarim is what Mesha being and what's considered the Mishnah Tera, and therefore. As Mesha repeats from Rishkede Shvat until Zayin Adar, which is in essence 36 days, not 37, therefore the Lord Eileh Hadvarim, Eileh, the beginning of Chumash Devarim is 36. And today's Parsha, beside the Vishnantam Levanachal, we have the schools of reading the Ten Commandments, the Seder Sadibis. So you say, what's the merit? What's the schus of reading it? First of all, everybody knows when the Ten Commandments are read in shul, everybody needs to stand up and face the Tera. Secondly, we could almost say, for those who didn't go on shul, to hear the Sefer Tera, the Kriya Sefer the says Dibris, can go to Shabbos in here. 
the differences between Zohar and Shomer, etc., the differences in the first in Yisrael and in Devarim, there are differences. But it's Aseres Adibris. Aseres Adibris, which the Eden said to Meshach Rabbeinu, we hear, we hear in God's voice. But, 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 please, we can't, we can't continue. Only two of the Eden able to hear from Agadj Baruch the rest they heard from Meshach, who repeated it from Agadj Baruch and then thereby went over to the prophets and everybody else that disseminated it. Disseminated. However, they tell Meshach Rabbeinu, after hearing two of the ten divas, we told you you'd take over from here and you give us over everything. Ve'at tidaber, it says. When it refers to Meshach, it doesn't say ato which is masculine, it says, Atidabar, feminine. Chas v'shalom, don't even think that anybody had a problem here with their identities, and they identified as Chas v'shalom something different than they were. And I'm sure many of those Mishigoyim and lunatics who have that hang-up, that affectation, Sure, it comes from something like this, where it says "va'at t'dabar rabbeinu." It refers to Meishin, not in feminine lashon. Chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom. Meishin rabbeinu, hearing that the Yidden no longer wanted to hear from Piagvura, from Hakadosh Baruch himself, because they were worried that perhaps Hashem would not repeat the nest, the miracle, bringing back the neshamas. Therefore, asked Meisha to repeat the Torah. Meisha got sick from this. So sick did Meisha get that he was totally drained, weakened, weakened to an extent that the Torah tells us ve'at, weakened to the extent of a woman. Yeah, I know there's strong women. Yeah, come bench press with me, Rabbi. You'll see what a strong woman is. Don't give me stories about weak women. The young lady woman is not very strong. The fact that some women either work out or build body build or, or just work in, in, in physical labor that makes them stronger physically is not the natural nature of the woman. The natural nature of the woman is humbleness, modesty, which all translates not into weakness, but something that's not a masculine strength. And therefore it says, Va'at Tidabir Moshe felt so weak, he was like a woman. Taylor tells us that Atar is Sadas ki Hashem walekim in Eid Novade. Very, very famous. Pasuk said each time we open the Aron Kodesh, said when we do our kafas, it's three times it's repeated. Atar is Sadas. Rashi describes, what does it mean you showed us to know that you are God and there's no other? It says, Shinnasana Kadish Baruchu Esa Tera, when Akadish Baruchu gave the Tera, 
Posach Lahem, he opened to them Zayin Rikiyim, the, the seven heavens. Shem Shekoras, Yenim Koras, Tachtenim, and just like he opened the seven heavens, he opened the ground as well, all the way as, goes, as far as it goes. And for what? The Rosh, who Yechidi, to show them he is the one and only. Rashi's words, Rekiyim, heavens, what is it? Posach Lohem, he opened the heavens up, he spread them open. And again, I understand when it comes to Tachtenim, Karas Tachtenim, again splitting the what was below. But rather we need to apply this lesson to our service to Hashem. Kriya, tearing, psiche, opening, are two things that have a capability of revealing whatever was covered before. But there's a big difference between them, between opening and tearing. Opening, psiche, gives a new life to what's being revealed here. Which means to say, it was a good thing beforehand, but now you elevated it to a whole new level. You gave it a new entity, a new life, new existence. Whereas Kriya, on the other hand, tearing, tells us about self-nullification, bitl. We destroy what there was before. Like the marshal, the tearing of a garment. You tear the entire essence of the garment. You shred it, thread, thread by thread. And the same thing when we cut a heavenly decree. And we see to it that it doesn't exist any longer. This is how a person needs to live their life, their existence, in these two fashions. Of both psicha and Kriya, opening and tearing. This is the person that opens himself up for Inyani Kedusha, for holy things. He opens his mind and he delves into it, the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, while he's davening, mm-hmm. and he devotes his dedications, his heart, his, his, all his intentions, and this brings him to a level of Avas Hashem, and Yira, with his, and he has Yira Hashem, with his Midas, he feels within his heart. And this way a person purifies, sanctif- 
sanctifies his goof and his nefesh Bahamas. So, too, when the person mentions, purifies, elevates the worldly physical things, he eats a meal, Shem Shemayim, in order to be able to receive. Why am I eating? So I have strength and make it correct to serve Akash Baruch Hu. Then he elevates the food to Kedusha. And everything else that he needs physically, he elevates to Kedusha. In this way, the person does not break, does not tear. His keiches and his physical item, physical life. But rather, he lifts up and he adds to them a condition. <clears throat> and this way, he's and he opens them up and he adds and brings them to their tachlis. On the other hand, <clears throat> person that works his life, his own dedication, devotion, in a way of kriya. He tears through it. It's not enough that he saves and, he, and, and devotes his keiches the way they are in Yoni Kedusha. But rather he tears his whole nature. He breaks everything that he's used to to his regular norm. And he works to, to, to mm-hmm. the Messiah's Nefesh to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not enough when he serves the Ebishter according to his capacity, his Klesichle, his Midas, and his Ratzin, but rather he takes everything to another level, to a, to a whole new level. And this way he nullifies everything that's hidden deep down And that restrains him, holds him back from doing what he wants to do. And he devotes himself totally with his neshama. <clears throat> the kayak for these two ways, these two fashions, for these two great ways of elevating, seems every year we get a little bit of music in the background. The Jews sees to it that they draw this, these revelations, and they drew them from originally from Atmatera, which is also divided in two ways: Posach lahem shivim lekiim, and Kara lahem esayenim, and esatachtenim. How he opened and he tore them, and this gives us both the kayak to devote ourselves in both ways. We have different people, different strokes for different folks, as they say in America. And of course, the same thing is in the vocational field. A person that has a talent with their hands, working with their hands, and they can build things, etc., should not be doing math behind the desk. Whereas the geek, as they call them, the computer geek, mathematicians, etc., 
should not be building buildings, they should be sitting behind the desk doing the calculations and making the engineering and making the maps and making the, the drawings and everything that needs to be done. In the olden days, you knew physical labor was. You had a tanner. Tanner took the skins of the animal and used the chemicals, homemade chemicals, which was made out of things that you don't want to play with and you don't want to touch. They reek something terrible. And they worked out the skins, which they probably still do today, but in a different manner. They worked out the skins, and then the skins became something usable, either for garments, for parchment, for whatever it was. On the other hand, and this was a... You felt that guy's hand afterwards, like the woodchopper, his hands were rough, and they, they you know that this guy... And this guy, if he didn't take two showers when he came home from work, you knew that too. You knew what he was up to today. Then you have the Schleifer, the, di- the diamond Schleifer, Steiner Schleifer, the diamond cutter. The diamond is not 50, 5 feet in diameter. It's a stone. So how, as big as this? How big do they get, actually? The diamond Schleifer, though, takes the diamond very intricately with special tools and cuts here and cuts there. Now, with one slip in the wrong direction, you can make a $100,000 diamond into $10. You can split it, and cause who knows what to it. And therefore, it's something that the person needs to do very delicately, very talented, etc., So we have these two people in two extremes. Let us take the tanner and give him a few diamonds to cut. Let us take the diamond cutter and give him a few skins to work out. (laughs) Do I need to tell you the results? The tanner will butcher the stones. The diamond cutter will become will reek from head to toe and will have the skins wrapped around his neck not knowing what to do with them it will be a catastrophe the neshama and the goof have those same functions the neshama is nefeshally kissed within the person the heart and the soul of the person the heart and soul when a person davens the person needs to daven with heart and soul with devotions and dedications Whereas when the person eats, the person needs to see to it, they're doing it to physically fit, feed their own body so that they can be fit to do Avedis Hashem, to work to Hashem. If, however, a person davens or learns by just looking at the words and not moving his lips even, and not using the kavanas, not using the spirituality from within themselves, within themselves if a person decides to eat spiritually, which is all my dedication, all my devotions, and all my machshavas that I could possibly have, I'm looking at this 
egg and cheese or whatever it is, it's this burger. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, oh, I ate you. Oh, I consumed you. You'll starve to death. Food needs to be eaten by the physical body with the proper intentions. And tefillah needs to be said with the mouth with the proper heart and soul behind it. This is the psicha and the korea. We have to totally apply it to our own lives, to our daily lives and our daily existence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu starts the Aseris HaDibis Anaychi Hashem Aleikecha The Medrash tells us Kergodl V'Layosaf Shimenu Nisnavu Kol Anaviyim Sh'amdi A never-ending voice that continues perpetually and from there all the prophets were able to draw prophecy this word Anaychi, the Yimara tells us, Anaychi is a is an acronym. Ano nafshi ksavis yahavis. If you keep your score at home, it's Shabbos Shabbos Kufheya Meralef 105, side 1, gives us this acronym. Chassidus explains, Pirish of these words, explanation of these words, Akash Baruch writes, and gives of himself Kvayachu within the Aseret Sadibis within the Ten Commandments. The person could think this only has to do with the Ten Commandments, but the other parts of the Teda are not as such. It was revealed later by other people, and it's nothing. The Neviim, the Chacham, the Tanoim, the Amaroim, all the next generations. This is not what's said about these Nyanam. Chas v'shalom. But rather, Ruach Havaya Diberbam. The words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks within them. But still in all we could think that perhaps HaKadosh Baruch Hu is talking to them now. A whole different entity of Kayach. A whole different existence. It's not the same that was brought down, that was derived by the receiving by Matan Tera. And therefore they're not finding the Anoichi of HaKadosh Baruch himself. More so, by Matan Tera, HaKadosh Baruch said, To each and every Jew himself, Anoichi Avaya Likech, I am God your God, Lashin Yochid, singular. Not only to the Jews of that generation, but to all the souls of all the future generations, which all of them stood at Har Sinai. And to all of them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, HaSeres HaDibris in a singular form. I took you out of Egypt. So we could think, only the HaSeres HaDibris, but the rest of the mitzvahs, eh. Not everything we have to do. 
Still in all, this is only because each and every one of us has a chedek, a part of the generalization. Although each one of these commandments was not specifically repeated to each and every one of us, but each one of them applies to our daily life. Therefore it says, Yosef. This great voice went on from Manichi Hashem Likecha and never, never dissipated. And Mimenu Nisnavu Kalanaviyim Sha'amdu. And from there all the prophets that ever stood up to prophesize took from there their strength. Everything in the Tera, each and every generation, is this same Kel Godl of Matan Tera, the Kel of Anechi Hashem Likecha, and Memela. All the Nyan of the Tera find themselves on Nechi itself. All the mitzvahs are said in the voice of the Kail that spoke to each and every Jew and continued. May we be Zecha to hear Tera Chadosha Miti Tetzay, words of Tera, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has in store for the Asadavi with Mashiach Tzitkenu this very Shabbos. And may be zeche to the schus of Hamisha Sebaov, to everyone that's in need of a shidduch, and everyone that's in need of a bracha for children, bona chaya mezeno ravicha, chul ravicha, and everyone should have shidduchim, and we should be able to say within the next few days, Mazeltov and Mazeltov, Shechiyonu Vikimonu Vikiyonu Vizmanazeh, to sell both shidduchim. And to the Geula Mitzvah Shlema upon the receiving of Mashiach, reciting the bracha of Shach Yano. Good Shabbos to all.